This might be our last or second last episode that we record from our kitchen. Oh no, so sentimental. You're getting a studio or something? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't we tell you about the millions of ad revenue we're, we're collecting here all the time? Oh, okay. Um, no, we, we finally placed our IKEA order with all our furniture. Ah, nice. Yeah, so now we're going to actually set up our uh, office that's currently a storage room. So, cool. I think it will be good. If everything fits, it will be great. Nice. I did measure it, but... <laughs> well, we kind of plan to, to the last centimeter, so we'll see. Yeah, that's always risky. I, um, I look forward to recording in there next year. Next year? Next year, when I visit. Oh, I don't think you would fit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really small. Okay, shall we talk about something that's not related to our s- storage room? Speaking of storage. Oh, that's a really <laughs> nice segue. Um, I spent some more time with cloud storage, Zach. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting yeah. this to go that way. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect this segue to work out. I don't you? think this is... In the, oh, it is in the document. Oh, it's after the follow-up. No, it's after the... <laughs> wait. Oh, okay. All right. I can't remember. Maybe I didn't write. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, I swapped no, you're the right, topics right. with the main topics. Like, I swapped order because I was like, realistically, you should start with mini topics and then go into main topics. But now we're not. So we'll, just- we'll get to the mini topics. It, it's not a big thing and it probably bores everyone but me. But it doesn't bore me. So let's, let's talk about this. Um, I was, um, just as a recap, uh, Dropbox, the Dropbox client on a Mac, um, basically listens to all FS events on your Mac and uh, kind of does some weird processing on them. And therefore, whenever anything happens on the file system, the Dropbox client goes crazy and uses uh, a lot of CPU um, uh, CPU time. And I didn't want that to happen. And then I had a back and forth with the um, with the bro- dop- uh, Dropbox team Um to figure out whether that's a bug or whether that's intended. And they promise it's definitely a bug and unintended behavior. And it's specific for my Dropbox setup. Um, so I think the, the only things of that conversation that are new now is that, um, I, in, in the last few emails, they told me it's probably because I have, uh, Git repositories in in my Dropbox folder, uh-huh. and they strong and they strongly recommend that I remove those, and that will fix all my problems. I was like, I could told be- you that. <laughs> and, and then you send them a link to our podcast when we talk about how much this improves your workflow. And, I'm so much more thought, productive with a slow computer. <laughs> and I thought that would that would have been hilarious if the problem the solution to my problem would have been to remove my good repositories out of. Dropbox and I would have fixed it all along. Um, so I did that. Turns out that that didn't solve anything. Um, and then they said that it's probably not because um, it's probably because the Git repository was in that folder at some point and still in the caches, and therefore the Dropbox client still has 
um, because in a Git repository, you sometimes have symlinks, right? So, um, or in the dot .git directory. And I'm like, because of that, the Dropbox client uh, kind of breaks into the entire file system, and that's probably what's happening. And because you just recently deleted it, it's probably still in one of the caches, and the behavior is still the same. So I said, all right, you know what? I create a brand new account, um, delete everything on, uh, related to Dropbox off my computer. So I unlinked the client, killed all the caches, removed everything, uh, removed the client, downloaded the latest stable client, uh, linked it to that brand new account that only had the Dropbox uh, default files in that that I kind of give you when you sign up for a new account, like the welcome to Dropbox PDF or something. And it still happened. Still same behavior, any larger activity on the file system, Dropbox client goes to 100% or more of CPU uh, uh, utilization. So <laughs> get back to them again, said, look, it's still happening. Can you please just tell me if if you actually think this is a bug? And uh, the the guy told me that he will now refer me to the to a perf- Dropbox uh, desktop client performance specialist, and uh, that person will probably know how to help me. Uh, a few days later, I got a response and said that they tested it and the Windows client is fine. It's like what? <laughs> what? What Windows client? So apparently, they thought I had a Windows client, even though all my messages were very clearly referring to tilde tilde slash library, and we were talking about Mac files and directories uh, for this entire time. So I thought I'd give up on that. Um, we also tried it on some other computers and it's it's just the same. So whenever you do anything on your file system, um, the Dropbox line will observe those events and try to process them. I've also heard some people um, that sent me messages since. Um, I'm not sure if if that's the case, but um, kind of indicating that that uh, Dropbox does work with the U.S. government on certain things, um, and potentially uh, that they might collect some more information than just what's in your Dropbox folder. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I I thought I'd give up on Dropbox. It's it's yeah, that's not really what makes you like give up on it. It's just a combination of the fact that you've been trying to troubleshoot this for what is it like. <laughs> Like almost three months. Like this, I think this happened since you bought the computer, and uh, like it's been taking so long. And I think the fact that they now start asking, like, "How's your Windows computer going?" It makes it seem like this is going to be quite a quite a long saga for you, and you may as well, like, by the time this is going to be done, you can just implement your own cloud solution. So I think I think it's good to good to look at. I did actually this. consider that. I, I I did consider how much effort would it be to <laughs> to build an entire. Um, because Dropbox has APIs, right? So I considered, well, what if I just build a desktop sync client myself? But I thought that was a bit extreme and would probably take a lot of time. And I'm not too attached to Dropbox. Um, so here I, I spent some more time, tried another three or four uh, cloud search providers. And now I landed on pCloud. Have you heard of pCloud, Zach? I've heard of pCalc. Not <laughs> cloud. Uh, that's Monin made the same comment. Um, I don't know what a P stands for in P cloud. Private, maybe. I think it's parking. Parking, like parking, parking lot. lot, like parking lot. Right. Yeah. That's what I. They pave paradise yeah. and put up a parking cloud. 
<laughs> no. Why? Why parking cloud? <laughs> because it's like um, if you if, because they don't store anything on your computer. So if you done, I mean, don't they, wanna they might. store. If you don't wanna store all your files on your computer, you put it in the parking lot, and it just stays there till you pick it up later. I, I don't I don't know how you came up with that. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna look at the history of the company and see if I find anything. <laughs> um, not sure um, where where that idea came from. Anyway, P Cloud, uh, it's a Swiss company. Um, they've been doing kind of this this cloud thing for a while now. Uh, they've been around for three or four years. Um, I've never heard about them before. For before I was kind of getting desperate and looking for alternatives. I'm on their website, and one of their links at the top, uh, on the top bar, is crypto. Are yep. they using the blockchain to store your <laughs> files? No, I, in general, their their kind of focus is more about um, your data is yours. We're not mining it. We're not looking at any of your files. We we don't want to. We don't want to do anything with your data. Our our business is uh, selling you storage space for you to use, and we're not using it. Kind of like, I mean, Google Drive. I guess that's kind of more of a uh, to to distance themselves from from kind of the competition, like Google Drive. Well, Google Google kind of looks at your stuff, right? Um, to then then have better advertisement to to sell to their partners to target you, and I think that's more about that. It's like it's it's your storage, it's your files. We don't care about your files, and the uh, crypto is kind of their thing where it's basically a container where only you have the keys. Everything is encrypted on the client. Everything that st- then stays on their servers is encrypted. And and they don't they can look at your data. The only person that can look at the data is people with the key, which ideally is only you. Um, I think that's that's the crypto. They also accept Bitcoin. Yeah, um, but they also I mean they they do have like eight million eight million users now. They're not super tiny, but definitely small in comparison to to something like Dropbox. Um, but they do a lot. They do a few things quite nicely. First of all, they're not that expensive. So uh, nine to five Mac actually ran an ad with, or they ran an ad with nine to five Mike Mac, like one of those. I guess it was one of the sponsored articles. I, I didn't even look if it was a sponsored article. But if you sign up through the the nine to five Mac uh, link, you pay eighty bucks for for a year, uh, and you get two terabytes of storage. Uh, which is pretty good, um, and what they are having is they they kind of have two 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 ways of accessing data and dealing with data. So they have uh, what they call P Cloud Sync and P Cloud Drive, and Sync is kind of what you would expect from Dropbox. So it's basically a folder or multiple folders, and everything that you put in there and change just syncs across to their to their servers and to all the other computers that you use. And everything is kind of in sync and everything happens automatically and you have the same stuff. Like you have file revision so you can go back in time. You kind of, um, uh, if you change it and multiple computers on the same network, they they talk over LAN rather than always having to do the round trip over the server. They do block level changes. So if you change uh, just one line in a one gigabyte file, only the changes being synced, not the entire file again. So there are a lot of things that are kind of nice on that front. And what they're doing uh, with 
pCloud Drive is it's basically a virtual um, external hard drive, I guess is the easiest way of describing it. So it looks like a mounted drive in your Finder. And you can just drop files in there and use it like an external hard drive or something like that. And um, all the stuff doesn't use any storage on your device. So for us, for the podcast, for example, I thought it would actually be quite nice because you can just drop all of our raw files in there. We keep them in there uh, because they're relatively big, like usually over a gigabyte per episode. So they don't use any uh, storage on our local devices. Um, but we can still access them. So you can even, I, I tried that just for like, to see how does this perform. So if you w- want to access something, um, it will just download it in the background and make it available. But um, they're using um, uh, MacFuse. So it's kind of like a virtual file system. So rather than you having to, it, it doesn't feel like some kind of custom loading. It basically feels like um, access speed is a bit lower. It's kind of like what you would expect from external hard drive. So you open a file and it might take a second longer before it loads, but it, it behaves like like local files otherwise, which is quite nice. And then they're caching it. So I tried it with um, with one of our um, uh, logic projects. So I dropped an entire logic project uh, in into the drive, tried opening it, tried edit, editing, and it all felt really really fast and I didn't notice any any performance decrease but it didn't take any storage so I thought it was kind of kind of neat way of dealing with it and then for kind of sharing and um, um, collaboration it's quite nice so you can if you you can just the same that you can kind of do with most of them you can have uh, you can create links if you want to share a file or folder and uh, when you do that you kind of give can uh, either say this one is uh, single access or it can be accessed for two days or it can only be accessed with a password or any combination of that. Um, for uploading, it's also kind of nice. So I can send you, for example, let's say, Zach, you're, you're a guest on, a, on, a, on an episode um, and I want... That's nice. You call him guest now. <laughs> Yep. Uh, just for an ex- friend of the show. <laughs> it's just an example. Um, let's say we have a, uh, a hypothetical friend and she's joining us for an episode as a guest and she's recording her audio with Audio Hijack on her local machine and um, wants to then upload uh, the, the raw audio for the episode. Uh, so what you can do is you can share a a folder, but as an upload only share. So that means you you invite someone to then be able to just in a browser drag and drop files into that folder. Um, but they don't necessarily have to accept to be part of a shared folder, or they don't really have to have any any account. It's basically just a link you open. You can drop whatever files you want in there, and you that storage just uh, counts against my my storage because I decided to share that and I can kind of have limits on that if I wanted to. But I think that's kind of a nice way of kind of um, allowing people to to send you files in a super simple way. I can also imagine that being nice for, for kind of uni project or those kind of things where you want people to kind of drop things into a thing, but you don't necessarily want to uh, convince everyone to create, a, create um, an account with yet another cloud storage provider. Hate to tell you, Google has got that market under wraps. Yeah, I don't think I've used anything but Google 
Drive and Google Docs for a, uni ass- a shared uni assignment anyway, ever. Yeah, I think I've, another example that I thought of is like if you have a, um, let's say you have a company and you uh, interview people for a new role and you give them some assignment or some type of take home take home exercise. It would be nice if you can just provide them a link and then they can just upload it directly. Yeah. But just in general, whenever you have anything that you want someone to to upload, but they they either don't necessarily have a good place to upload something or don't have a place to upload something securely, or you just don't want to burden them with figuring out where to upload uh, sometimes larger files, I think it's a nice way. I don't know how much I will use it, but I just, as a feature, I think it's quite nice. And then you obviously also have this kind of uh, default thing. Let's say you do have, you also do have an account. I can just share a folder with you and now we can work on it together. And either you can work on it through the browser or, or through like a desktop client or your, through the, um, iOS client. The iOS client also supports the files app. So it's pretty, pretty decent that way. And it's also interesting. Um, I don't know the, the way the quota works with the, those different. So if I compare, uh, Google Drive and Dropbox and pCloud, um, Google Drive, all the files that you own count against your storage, right? So for us, if we have the podcast folder with all the raw files, if you upload a raw file, that counts against your quota. Um, if I upload one, it counts against mine. And if Modern uploads something, it counts against hers. But that kind of forces at some point, we're now running into a point where we either can decide to delete some stuff or all three of us need to uh, uh, migrate over to a paid account because we will all uh, get over over our quota otherwise. Or we can't, not, not an official recommendation. Or you create uh, additional uh, bogus accounts that you use to then upload all the files again. Um, we do not endorse gaming of systems in any way. <laughs> um, uh, and for Dropbox, it's kind of weird. Dropbox decided to all the quota counts against everyone. So if we, the three of us would share a folder, Zach, Zach uploads a gigabyte and now counts against all three of our quotas. Thanks, Zach. Such an inconvenience today, hey. <laughs> Annoying guest. Can't figure out where to upload my files. Now stealing your Dropbox quota. You have to do it without me next week. Yeah, yeah. You picked a good day to join us, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> now you wish you were a guest on a different episode, huh? Now I'm enemy <laughs> of the show. <laughs> um, and yeah, and for pCloud, it's, it's just different i don't i'm not saying it's better or or worse it's just different uh for pcloud it's all about who owns the folder so if i create a folder i own the folder um and i and you upload things it counts against my quota because i own that folder um so i it kind of i think for us it's probably the better thing because we don't need three premium accounts to to keep all the uh, all the raw files and um, because of the drive it doesn't need to sync with anyone's local hard drives so we can just for me at least I do like the, the desktop clients for, for my obvious development project and git stuff um, so I can just have that one not be part of sync but still have access to it we can all drop our files we have 2 terabyte, which is uh, plenty um, I mean that will be um, we we don't have two terabytes just by default. Like the standard no. plan is fifth. It's you start on ten gigs, I think, and then you can 
get four more if you go through the tutorial, which is a pretty good tutorial. I would recommend doing that. Uh, it's basically like just telling you to download the Mac client and just go through the steps to do that. And then you get four gigs extra. But yeah, I think that one, the one for two terabytes, it's like 79 a year. Yeah. And I think for 50, you get 500 gigs. But I thought, um, considering how long it took me to find anything that I'm happy with, um, I, I might just go with the 80 for two terabytes. That's enough for us for, I don't, I don't know, a thousand, thousand episodes or so. Um, that, was, that should last us a few years. Um, and I, I mean, the desktop client is also in, in, uh, obviously it doesn't uh, choose through your CPU when, when other things change. That would have been funny uh, if that would still be the issue. Um, it's super fast. Uh, I tried to speed test it. I'm, I'm, if I upload a file, I get like 35 megabytes per second up and down. So it basically uses our entire 300 uh, megabit line. Um, Way of getting into bragging, bragging into that sentence. I mean, it is it is reasonably fast. We have a re- reasonably fast internet connectivity at home, but it still uses the full bandwidth, which I think is kind of good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the client is decent. The website is pretty nice, I would say. Mm. It's not it's not super fancy, or but it kind of gets the job done and isn't clunky or or slow or or buggy. Um, so I think that's kind of nice. I had some real time follow up. <laughs> um, maybe it's not parking lot, believe it or not. Um, I looked at their FAQs and no one asked the question what the P stands for. Can you believe it? Uh, I might send my question, but I did find this. Uh, P cloud is your personal cloud space where you can store your files and folders. This was under question. What is P cloud? P cloud. Oh, personal cloud. Yeah. It oh. might be personal. Yeah, that would be that would make sense too. And I mean, there's a lot of questions on this FAQ, like seventy to be precise. Yeah, <laughs> you'd think no somewhere in there. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible. Or like in their like about page, which I couldn't find in the first place. I would think they should write. There's a they have an, an about, about page, page, but it's not on there either. I even googled this. What does the P yeah, in P me, Cloud stand me, for? Me too. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it was it wasn't showing up anything. But yeah, maybe we should send them a message asking, "Hello, what does this stand for?" Let's see. You reckon if all yeah. three of us send the same one, it'll be enough to bump it onto the FAQ? <laughs> oh, that would be great. Let's try. Yeah. If you're listening, please ask P Cloud what P stands for. <laughs> um, we want to get this onto the FAQ. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, this is not a full endorsement yet. I've I've used it for a few days, and Mal and I spent a few hours to just uh, testing the sharing function. Yeah, sharing and kind of seeing how it all works, and it's also really quick. Like if if I sent Mal and like an upload link, and Mal and uploads a file, I get a notification. You can opt in and out of notifications, but if I opt in, I get a nof- notification on my computer uh, within a second that that she uploaded a file. Um, so, so far, first impression is really good. The Mac client seems decent. Everything seems to run. Haven't had any issues. Fine integration works. Uh, at least at the moment, I didn't have any issues with that either. Um, and it uses the kind of fine integration. I don't know. When did that come? Uh, El Capitan? 
anyway, it doesn't do the hacky Finder integration, but whatever the the plugin infrastructure is for for Finder extensions, uh, and it seems to work. So um, I I will I will give it a shot for a while and then report back. Hold your breath. This this might not be over yet. I I know everyone is super excited about this. So and because this is apparently an ad for P Cloud, uh, they are also hiring. <laughs> So if you are a senior developer <laughs> slash architect who is looking for a full-time role and is willing to live in Bulgaria, uh, hit them up. They say at the bottom of this uh, job ad that they like coffee. <laughs> we are nice people with incredible love for innovation and coffee. So, you know, everything comes full circle. Uh, yep. Should just hit them up and uh, apply for that position. By the way, this is not actually an ad. <laughs> this is not actually an ad, but it... Half feels but like yeah, please, please still send them a message asking them about the about the P. Yes, please do that. Happy. Please do that, and then ask them to sponsor the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, tell them that uh, Socast sent them uh, sent you, because otherwise you sound like a weirdo. Use promo code Socast. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I, I think it sounds so much like an ad because it's taking me three months now to find something I'm happy with. And I mean, I jumped to this conclusion quicker than than usual, just because I was kind of getting frustrated. I got to a point where I thought maybe because uh, Google has two clients, right? They have to uh, backup and sync for for personal users, and then the file stream for business users. And the backup and sync I always had a lot of issues with, and the file stream was pretty decent. So I already considered to potentially create two accounts, one personal account. That I would only use to um, to pay for the account first of all, and then to uh, to um, basically abandon, and then a um, a business account just so I'm able to use the file stream client on a Mac because for some reason Google does update that one and doesn't seem to update the the backup and sync client a lot. So I was I was getting quite frustrated. Uh, um, no, desperate. That's the word. Um, that's that's probably why it sounds like an ad because I'm quite excited and hopeful that this might uh, f- I can f- I might be finally able to to rest my my uh, search for a new cloud private cloud apparently uh, client. It's gonna save you like six hours a week. Think of all the time <laughs> you're getting back now that you uh, finally found something. Y- you think you're joking? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like every time every time Kai sits at his computer, he's like, Have you heard of this? I'm like No, is it a share? Like is it is it a is it a cloud solution? He's like, Yeah, it is. I'm like, What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. But it's also weird. I, I tried for I, I tried um I tried sync.com, which is a Canadian provider. I was like, Hey, we're in Canada, that might be Nice. Also, not having your data in the US, uh, considering the political climate, might be nice um, because they they say explicitly that they do not store things in the US and only store things in Canada. And uh, it seemed pretty all right, but when I started syncing files, I looked in the activity monitor and they have like a sync.exe. So they seem to use their Windows client for syncing and use some type of emulation to run it on your Mac. So, well, like just religiously, I can't support that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. And it was also super slow. I don't know 
why it was so slow, if that's because their servers are in Toronto only and Toronto is quite far from Vancouver, I don't know, but it was too slow. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I tried a lot of them and we'll see. This one, this one made a good first impression. They seem to care about the Mac and iOS. That seems to be their focus, at least all the screenshots and kind of their, their material seems to use Macs. So, um, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the one for a while. It's also nice because, uh, I use Arc for backups. So it might also be nice to, to, because, uh, Arc can use, um, I can use um, any kind of, um, what do you call that? Uh, like a NAS storage or local folder um, for as a backup destination. And because um, pCloud Drive behaves like a drive, you can you can backup into to pCloud directly uh, through that without having to have an like proper pCloud integration in Arc. So that's also nice. I can have one folder that's basically just my my backup for my system and you still get like the revisions and two terabyte of storage should be enough for that too. So I go with that for once. I'll report back if it's uh, any better or worse than I expected. Cool. Sounds like we'll have to give it a go for podcast stuff. Yeah, that was my mini topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we move on, just to reiterate, that was not an ad. But if pCloud does want to sponsor... You can find my email address. It's public. Um, okay. <laughs> so we have some mini topics. Um, the first one is made by Google 2018. I believe Marlon added this. Yeah, I did. Uh, I just thought it's nice to put some other, put some focus on, on, on other um, companies and other technologies than Apple. I think we spent an extensive amount of time the last like months or so, talking about the latest Apple event and everything that was uh, released. And I just want to mention that Google also has events. And basically, Made by Google was the event where they were releasing the latest, um, the latest Pixel, Pixel, the latest, okay. Where they were releasing the latest Pixel phone. It's Pixel 3 now. Yep. Um, so it's quite exciting. Um, most of it had apparently leaked before, so it wasn't that much of a like new new thing. But I guess they sort of enjoyed confirming it. Um, yeah, if you think uh, Apple is leaking a lot at the moment, boy, did yeah. did Google have everything? You could literally buy the phone two weeks before the announcement event in yeah. Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, it was it was ridiculous, and it was actually it wasn't a. F- I don't think it was a fake phone. It was literally a, no. It was, the Pixel it was phone. like full retail in in the box, full everything. They leaned right into that though with their little intro video at the beginning, sort of playing some news clips. That was good. Yeah, so they basically like put all those like YouTube videos together of people who said like, "What did they say?" They were all saying like, "Yeah, so we know exactly how it will look like," and everyone sort of. They, they sort of accepted it, yep. but I think that's something they probably added in. Like they probably didn't plan to have the presentation that way, but it's good that they that at least weighed into it instead of just like, oh, we don't know. Look at this. We're gonna spend two hours telling you about a phone that everyone knows about. But therefore, I've noticed that they did spend. They also released a few other products. So they released like a a, a new uh, Google Home type of device, which has a screen now, which looked quite cool. Um, but they spent an. Ex- 
excessive amount of time on this, uh, considering that it, it is a product that's relatively straightforward to understand just from looking at it. Uh, I think almost half of the presentation was covering this. And then um, they also released a tablet sort of Chromebook thing. So it was a tablet with a keyboard and also a touch screen. And the interesting thing with this was that they uh, it's running Chrome OS and not Android. Uh, which I thought was an interesting choice because I think in the iOS community there's so many people who want who are using a tablet because they want thing, they want to use uh, iOS as their main system. I think many people would like to have almost like a laptop which runs iOS. Um, and it's not really it doesn't seem like I mean Apple isn't weighing into that at the moment, but it also didn't seem like Google is weighing into that. Maybe Google uses are different and they don't want this. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting choice. Yeah, definitely. And I think they didn't mention Android at all during the whole presentation, which was another sort of interesting thing there. They're sort of, I don't know, does, is Android not the operating system they see going forward? I mean, I know it's definitely the mobile operating system, but it's obviously not what they really think should be running on tablets um, going forward, which is interesting. And yeah, your point is there about, um, you know, people wanting iOS on a bigger screen as opposed to wanting Mac OS on a smaller screen. Yeah, I think Google called it um, desktop class browser. I think that they mentioned that multiple times during the presentation that they run desktop class Chrome on that Chrome OS. And that seemed to be like a big, big selling point or at least something they, they were quite happy. Yeah. With. Yeah. Maybe it's something people want. Uh, we did see watch some reviews afterwards by The Verge and I think... MKBHD also went there, uh, but I think they saw the tablet in like a pre-release stage by the sound of it. I think they went there two weeks before the, uh, before the actual event. So it was hard to get a grasp of how it like looked like. There are probably more videos out now to see like how snappy it is and how people will use it. So let's see. But they also, it, the, I think, what is it called? Pixel Slate? Pixel Slate? Yeah. That, that. That seems about right. Um, also has quite a the price range. Um, the smallest possible one with like a Celeron processor or something like that is five ninety nine, and then goes to I think seventeen ninety nine or something with an i seven. Um, it has an incredible price range, so I wouldn't be surprised if the five ninety nine is a bit sluggish, considering that they also think they make sense to run i seven for this, and. I was also surprised for the, considering 599 for tablets, fine. But then the keyboard is another 199. Wasn't it almost like half the price of the, of the tablet or something? Yeah, third, 599 plus then 199 yeah. just for the keyboard. Um, but it looked pretty all right. Seems yeah. to run Android apps. Yeah, we'll it's, still it's have funny. the same Android. I mean, that's the thing, right? With Android tablets not being particularly, um, successful. Now you still have a whole bunch of Android phone apps that are not optimized for a larger screen running on a larger screen. So you still have the same problem you, you used to have with Android tablets. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was just interesting to see this. And I think, like you said, Kai, it's quite a, it can be a pricey product, but I think it's the same with the uh, Pixel. Man, I keep on saying Pixel. Pixar. Um, it's the same with the Pixel. And I think um, if you look at the Pixel phone, uh, it's something like I, I have been thinking about getting like an Android device to have uh, from time to time just to um, get more used to that platform as well. And I think that would be quite fun to have. Uh, but and I'm always thinking, oh, yeah, I think the Pixel would be the perfect the perfect device for me if I'm going to go with an Android device. But it's just 
quite pricey. Like if, if you want it as a secondary device as an iOS developer, it's going to be a lot of money just for, for something you might use like once a week. So, but I do think if, if it would be, if I would use an Android device, I would probably try it out. Uh, just because I do think it's, it's a device that will be updated relatively frequently. It's also sort of like a cl- flagship device. Um, so it's quite interesting to see how. It's always interesting to see what Google is releasing and how they are competing with um, Apple and uh, the iPhone. And I think uh, it is very healthy to have that competition. So, uh, yeah, I always enjoy watching it. I did notice... Might be worthwhile to go with something like a Pixel 2 now. Yeah, yeah. Because they still get most of the benefits. Funny thing that I want to mention to you, Zach, is that now when we've been watching a few bit of uh, reviews, it feels like many people are deciding to go with... Uh, uh, the smaller Pixel phone because it's supposedly quite a nice form factor and it's apparently many people call it like the the nicest small phone of the year pretty much and it's yeah, still so a- large though but yes <laughs> I, I approve of this what these people are saying yeah, yeah first of all it's, it's really large but it is also funny that people are starting to point out that if I, uh, that, that that they want a smaller device and they say like oh this is a perfect small device and I'm like ah. Oh, why like it would be great if we can just keep on developing if there would just be more small devices in the first place so people don't have to say mm-hmm. this is the one small device to get i think it would be great to hear other devices that are similar size if not smaller um and if this is popular maybe that will make apple release a small device i don't think so uh, i doubt it but yeah, it is very similar in size to the 10s. I did look that up. Yeah, right I was now. just about to say that Pixel 3 is still the same size mm-hmm. form yeah, factor yeah. as a... Yeah, it's slightly yeah. bigger than the iPhone 7 that I've got at the moment. If it was smaller, well... No. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I did look up the size and was curious to see that. Yeah, I, do, I guess I just think it's interesting because I feel like um, Android... Android devices tend to be a lot larger and they've always been quite large and it felt like Apple sort of moved in that direction as well because it seemed like people were quite interested in having larger devices. Um, so it would be interesting if Google actually goes back on that. Of course, like you guys said, uh, it's apparently the same size as the 10s, but maybe if this is popular, maybe Google focuses more on the small phone. Yeah, it could be interesting. And it seems to be a thing over the years, even well before smartphones, where phones were large and then they went small and then they started to grow again as we got into the smartphone years and then they, like, small for smartphone standards and then went large. So, you know, I think we will see some trends come and go and we probably will be at a point in a few years where there is a demand for smaller phones and everyone will realize how nice they were. And then a few years after that, everyone will be like, oh, I'm so much more productive with a larger phone. Let's bring those back. So... You know, it'd be nice to sort of settle at a point where we have a small, medium and large phone, like flagship phones from all the vendors every year, but we'll see. I wouldn't complain about a smaller iPhone, mm-hmm. just saying. iPhone yeah. XS Mini. Yeah, I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd be lining up at the store for that one. <laughs> now already. <laughs> Today. Um, yeah, me too. I would like I would like a XS Mini. One day. Um, otherwise, I also thought... One of the most interesting things to me, I mean, you can really see a difference in how Google's presentations work to to Apple's. It was quite interesting to see that kind of... Yeah, they did this really strange thing. I don't know if you if you watched this, Zach. I watched some of it. I didn't have, 
ran out of time. Did you see when they... So basically what they did, they presented all three products and they had like an overview and said like, these are the three products we're going to release today. And then they had those like pods in throughout the like auditorium. Yeah. And they just... It looked like trash cans. They looked like Google Homes, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> you can draw the connection if you want to, but yeah. Um <laughs> Maybe it looks looks a bit like trash cans. Yeah, yeah, I see. Um, but yeah, I think it, it it was weird. So I don't know what if you saw what happened like when they released the products or when they mentioned the products. Basically, what they did was that they opened like the whole lid of the trash can uh, inwards, and then it was this like pod of uh, products coming up, similar to how like Apple has had products coming up from the floor on the stage and those type of things. Once once which was pretty cool mm-hmm. um but it, they did that and it was like in the middle of the of the audience and of all of the reporters and then they started turning music on and it was sort of like a mini hands-on area but you shouldn't touch them but they were right in front of you it was kind of awkward it yeah. kind of destroyed the pacing of the, ep- uh, of the really episode weird. of the of presentation the- because yeah. it's like this guy on the stage now watching people looking yeah. at devices and people and took then, like pictures of the devices and the guy on the stage t- started taking pictures of people taking pictures of devices and it's like oh you sort of lost the flow there especially it, when it, music started it, playing it almost felt like all right that's a wrap yeah <laughs> we showed you all the three devices yeah. now. and then after a while i think he realized that it went, uh, went a bit out of control obviously they planned this beforehand but it seemed like he was a bit like frustrated and then he's like uh, uh, like uh, basically said like okay uh, we, they will go away in a minute or something and then they put them back in the pod and then the presentation continued so i don't know if this is a good thing i guess it was a very interactive presentation but it was just a bit strange yeah i mean i i don't think we will see that segment again <laughs> uh it's i don't know i i just as much as we complain about apple presentations they are very polished and they're very i mean sometimes they're weird finger touches and those kind of things but overall you don't often come away from keynote and be like what what was that part about yeah and it's not it wasn't bad it was just very different and it felt like there was like they like this thing and other aspects of the presentation made it feel like there was no cohesion in it. And it sometimes felt like it wasn't an overarching theme. It was more that every team decided to create their own presentation parts. And then they put it together yeah. as a main presentation. And it just didn't feel like it, it was the same flow as an Apple event. And I think, I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's good that everyone has an interesting f- twist on it, I guess. But it just felt like almost like it was unpracticed or that they hadn't really been polishing it mm. as much as you could. It was decent, but it's, it's, I, I definitely think we're spoiled from watching Apple events for, I don't know how many years now. Yeah, absolutely. Apple set the bar ridiculously high. Yeah. And I, I mean, realistically, they also kind of started with that type of event in general with this kind of CEO going on a stage talking about new products yeah, but I also uh, with think a big like- audience. I, like the, the concept of a keynote was kind of, at least for me, the first time I've seen that was with Apple. Yeah, but nowadays, if you look at any like show that makes fun of tech presentations, they do it exactly like the Apple format. So in the same time, you don't want to be like a different company and make it like a copycat of what Apple is doing either, because then it can seem like a parody or almost like a, like they're mocking it. And I think you should still make it to your own thing. And I think 
uh, Google can, like especially Google I.O. is more of a playful event than WWDC and the presentations there. So I think it makes sense to make it to your own thing. And free sunburns for everyone. They get so much free stuff there, though. I would not complain about the sunburn. <laughs> I, I did what? have that in some notes about this event, though. I did really like the venue that they had it in. It wasn't a dark, dingy room like Apple usually do. And I get that that's really good for displaying, you know, bright, colorful screens to have it in a, a pitch black room otherwise. But I really liked it, you know, so it looked like it was in an office somewhere, um, you know, wide open windows behind the stage. Uh, a lot of the content on the screen was white. I really liked that environment. I thought it was yeah. quite nice. Yeah. And, and the screen was actually quite cool. It was. I don't yeah. know if you saw it how started, it started, like yeah. separate. Yeah, where it came yeah. together. And, together. And, it was, and it was like no edge or like no bezel in between. <laughs> yep. And that, that was pretty, pretty nice. Not even a notch. It would be great if they could make their phone as bezel is. But seating, seating wasn't great. Everyone was kind of on the same level. That's the benefit you have if you have a presentation in a theater. It's made for everyone to be able to see. Uh, and I think that's probably part of the reason I did this kind of weird pod setup, so more people could see the product. Because if you're in the back and you're not particularly tall, it's kind of hard to to see stuff in the front. Because it wasn't a stage and like a, an elevation at all; it was just everyone sitting on one flat level, uh, and the stage wasn't like super high up. So I do think there are definitely benefits if you if you're there. Um, Apple's kind of setup definitely has benefit. Yeah, and yep. they have Hermes shirts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, I also thought, um, f- just to get back to other things that were announced rather than just talking about the way they the did it. The venue is the most interesting part, guy. I really love talking about those, like, um, I guess, organizational stuff, uh, like how they organized the, the audience and how they were sitting and how the presentation style was flowing. But yeah, we, I guess we can talk about the products. <laughs> <laughs> um did you did you make it to the um, call screening feature? I didn't know. No, I just sort of jumped around a little bit. And- All right. So what what Apple? Uh, nope, Apple didn't announce that. Google did though. Um, Google announced with the Pixel Three. Um, I don't know if you've seen that a while ago. They had um, they showed. I think that was during I/O. The um, the project they announced that uh, a Google AI would call supermarkets or and cafes and those yeah, kind of places yeah, yeah. to figure out when they're open and when they're closed, um, and then there are people being some people being super excited about it, others a bit disgusted, um, or or at least not being a huge fan of of robots calling calling people and and robots calling robots uh, at some point, and but now they rolled something. Like in probably a light version of that into into phones, and I think you might actually like that, Zach. Um, the idea is that if you get a phone call, you kind of have your regular uh, accept a phone call, hang up button, and then there's a new button called uh, uh, screen call. If you hit that button, uh, a Google AI answers the phone call and says something to the extent of I'm on behalf of Zach uh, or Zach is using a phone screening uh, uh, tool. And mm, I think I think they were a bit more upfront about it this time. They didn't no. say like, they didn't pretend to be a human necessarily. They mostly made it sound like there was something, like it was something automated. Hi, I'm Zach's personal assistant. How can I help you today? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Zach. I Be can't do that. Is that your imitation of what humans sound like? You guys got to talk to more people. Do you want me to search the web for telemarketer? <laughs> uh, is that the Siri phone screening? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Kai. I can't do that on this device. <laughs> But I can tell you a joke. But I tap you when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it would say something to the extent of uh, uh, Zach is using a phone screening. So uh, I just want to know if it's an urgent call or something like that. And um, what's the purpose of your call? And then kind of ask the caller some questions and it's being live transcribed. So you can see on your phone kind of what's coming through. And then you have either the option to interfere. So you can say specific things like, eh, I still don't want to have to call or I consider it a spam. Uh, and if you hang up, then the, the assistant just says something to to the extent of uh, that. Um, if you say that this is a spam call, then the assistant would say something. Uh, Zach is busy at the moment and in general is not interested in, in marketing calls. And please remove this phone number from all your registers. Uh, have a nice day. And I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, it's always this kind of thing, right? When we have more uh, more robots talking to humans, which is probably not the, the greatest direction to go in. But if we get to a point where robots um, catch spam calls and, and kind of marketing calls, then then that's quite interesting. And it's also a better way than, than voicemail. I think it's, I'd rather have a bit more information about why someone's calling me in a, in a, in, in text form and in a nice order, even if it then turns out to be spam call rather than, than having a message on my, on my voicemail that there's an urgent call and I should call them back. So I thought that was, that was quite interesting. It would be interesting to see, um, what that is turning into. Yeah, definitely. Is that sort of a, is that instead of the AI voice stuff they announced it? io no not instead it's just kind of built on the same whatever same platform okay yeah um and it's rolling out with the with the pixel 3s okay. so you won't be able to use it with any other phone but if you have a pixel 3 you kind of get that with it uh artificially limiting stuff it's nice <laughs> yeah it's a very yeah, apple move I, <laughs> I mean they don't uh, let's not get into that discussion this is so frustrating I don't think they don't make money from the hardware really. They sell like four million pixels a year. Like this this technology could be far better if it went out to Android as a whole. But as Marlon said, let's not get into this. <laughs> Even if it went out to Android as a whole, like yeah, realistically how many people are on the latest version of Android? It's not probably a few more than four million. <laughs> Yeah. But not that many more. <laughs> Maybe 4.5, okay? <laughs> could it affect another half a million people? Yeah. I mean, they could maybe put it, put it as an update to the phone app. I don't know. Can you download the phone app by itself from the Play Store? If the, if you can do that and it's not like a system update, then they could potentially push it up out that way. Yeah, I think most apps can be updated separately. All I know is every time I unlock my Android phone... Pretty much every app I have on there, including all the Google ones, want to do an update. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Well. Um, but I, I, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting and kind of cool. And I mean, it makes sense, right? Google has to be more of a competitor um, than... I mean, otherwise, who else is using Android that's a good competitor to, to Apple at the moment? I guess it's Samsung, but I don't think... Google is particularly happy that 
that Samsung is competing on on Google's platform with Apple. I think Google would much much rather be directly competing with Apple on that. And I do think, I mean, I don't see any reason why this phone wouldn't be the most popular Pixel yet. Um, and that, if that's a, um, if that tendency uh, continues and we're having rather than most people buying a Samsung or an iPhone to have at least kind of three people, three, three companies in the market, I think that would, that would be a direction I would be in favor of. And Google does definitely do interesting things. I mean, that in general, that was just one of the many things where you can see that then Google has a huge software focus. I mean, if you look at a phone, the hardware seems fine, but there are definitely some some things that where you can see Apple Apple's focuses hardware first, and they're incredibly good at it. And I mean, iPhones are all beautiful. The Pixel phone looks, or the the Pixel three looks nice, but it definitely is um, more of a compromised design uh, than 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 an iPhone is. But therefore, I would say some of the software features are a lot more exciting than a lot of the software features were in iPhone ten or ten S. So it's it's interesting. Uh, I think uh, this type of competition is is good and interesting and healthy for the entire industry. Definitely. Yeah, and I really like to see what Google are doing with with software. I think they've got some really cool products there. Um, it's a shame they're so creepy with ads, but you know, gotta gotta monetize it somehow. Yeah, but I mean, even that, right? Um, if I mean, the, the phones are not cheap. They start at eight hundred or seven ninety nine US. If if we if that turns into a thing where where Apple ma- uh, or Google starts making more money off hardware and it becoming a larger chunk. Uh, in on an on a on a five year time scale maybe where where hardware sales becoming a larger chunk and therefore privacy things might be rolling into into Google phones. So if you use free Android or whatever the others use, you you're still accepting all your data being sold uh, for advertisement. But if you use a Pixel phone, then maybe there are uh, different conditions. Maybe that is is a thing that is possible. Who knows? Yep. But um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Google is doing interesting things. Um, interesting. I always find it interesting to, to I, I try to watch all the other presentations of the larger tech companies. Yeah. So I, I usually, what I usually watch is Apple presentations, definitely. Um, Google's kind of the second highest on my priority list, then Microsoft, and then uh, Xiaomi. Okay. But all of them are very, very different. It's always fun to. To see what other other companies in tech Tesla do. Tesla and SpaceX are also interesting. Y- yeah, Tesla and SpaceX are very very different. I wouldn't even put them in the same. <laughs> well, it's a tech company. Tesla's events are very boring. I'd rather read the write ups after. I mean, yeah, they're so interesting. Depends on how entertained you are by by <laughs> Elon Musk clearly not preparing to be on stage at That's all. That's what I found to be so interesting. It's just like I'm gonna wing this. No, Elon Musk annoys me. I listened to the Joe Rogan interview and that was like suffering in a podcast. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I should. It's garbage. I should. No, you shouldn't. I thought it was a good interview. Oh, I hated it. No, I couldn't stand it. Really? Yeah. What about it? Couldn't you stand? Uh, Elon, I don't particularly like Elon Musk. He just, he sounds like a fried monkey the whole time. Um, <laughs> well, 
does that even mean? And like I really, voice? I really, do, uh, he had, okay, so he's really like exceptionally awkward. He sounds really <laughs> like jittery when he talks. He's not very elegant in that sense. And I hate Joe Rogan as an interviewer. Um, like Elon Musk starts to say something and Joe Rogan intervenes and asks another yeah. question or pushes him along the path. And it's like, that's not your job as an interviewer. It's, I, I, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I, I thought, I mean, in general, probably personality wise, I wouldn't get along with that guy too much nope. anyway. <laughs> but then having all those interruptions that go in a direction, <sighs> I was like, oh, so bad. Really? <sighs> yeah, I, I, I know what you mean with that. Mm. I, I I don't know. I don't. I'm 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 not agreeing as strongly with the Elon Musk one. I do think. Well, I really didn't like uh, MKBHD's videos with Elon Musk. You did not. They were painful. <laughs> but <laughs> you do it next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not MKBHD's thing. It's Elon Musk. He's he's an interesting human. Yeah, you definitely. It's a good indication of that working 20 hours a day is probably not good for you yep yep uh and i I don't know i feel like that's almost a bit sometimes i feel like that's a bit depressing Mm -hmm. um but i do think elon genuinely believes in what he's doing i agree and he feels like there is no one else that can take enough of his plate that he can afford stepping, going home and getting eight hours of sleep every now and then. And in some way, I mean, it's hard, right? I feel it hard if someone is so passionate and so much believing in something they're doing to push them hard, to push themselves so hard to then be extremely critical towards it but i i do think he would probably be better off if he would sleep every now and then Mm -hmm. yeah and work while being awake yeah but i mean he seems to to do all right so who am i to judge (laughs) yep fair point but yeah it is i don't know i mean he did look a bit especially on the the mkbhd interview he looked extremely tired was the podcast even exhausted. filmed yeah yeah it was. Oh, okay <laughs> i was like of course he looked more tired for that was audio audio form. yeah i only listened to the audio but i don't know it was i suffered through it <laughs> yeah I, I still think it was a good interview uh, i but definitely not because of the person that was running the interview but more because you usually don't have like an hour and a half or two hours of Elon Musk yeah. on an in, uh, on a podcast. Mm. He does surprisingly long interview when he's doing the interviews, though. Like I think the same with MKBHD. He was there for it's it's an his hour, way of catching up on microsleep. <laughs> Maybe I don't have to think as hard while I'm talking to these mortals. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe why he picked Joe as an interviewer. <laughs> uh, yep, I don't know. I think they're worthwhile to watch, but I understand where, where you're coming from. Google events are good. That's tech events. and <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Um, so what's next? We have some follow-up, which is very much out of order. <laughs> but uh, if you remember while we were doing the draft that was not a draft last time, uh, which we recorded pretty much straight after the Apple event, uh, Marlon had some homework to confirm or deny whether they said security on stage. Uh, and that was... Uh, for some points that would uh, be the difference between winning the draft and tying the draft. Yeah. Uh, and I believe Mullen has 
found the answer. Yeah, in true uh, homework fashion, it took Marlin uh, an extra five weeks. I just thought it didn't fit in the older episodes. That, that's <laughs> all. I thought this was the perfect episode to bring this up in. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but I actually went back. Uh, so, so okay. Uh, people probably don't remember this episode. The episode was episode 13 uh, called Unbroken. Our discussion was pretty much that um, I thought they said security. Uh, because I remember them talking about, um, oh man, I should have written this down. Ah, no, they were talking about a different thing. I think it was about the watch and they were saying uh, privacy and not security. So we decided that we'll leave it that way. Uh, I'm probably not going to get points because we technically, technically didn't say security. And then we said, okay, they might say it some other time, uh, especially with Face ID. Uh, so we decided that my homework is to go back and listen to this. Um, and I have listened to it, and around the face ID part, they actually say, there's a slide, I send it to you guys, it says, most secure facial authentication ever in a smartphone. Bingo! Woohoo! So that means I got a point. How yep. many, I think that was my three-point round, or my two-point round. Uh... But either way, that means you well, now... The exact point still counts. It's important. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought I'd say something while you're looking it up, but I guess that's not what we're doing. So, it was the three-point round, so that means that I... I'm sorry, Zach, but I win by three points. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very... We still haven't really decided a price. I was thinking we should probably talk about that either now or offline. But I think we need to decide a price on what this means. Um, Mm -hmm. And we also need to decide a price for next week. And I'm thinking maybe... Next week? uh, You are very optimistic here. (laughs) Well, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'm assuming... Or you know something. Yeah, let's let's say that. I'm assuming that they will give us um, release time. They They will send out the... Uh, invites for the October events in on Tuesday. So that would mean that we're probably going to have another event where we also talk about predictions. And I thought it was quite fun last time. So I would really like to do a similar format to what we did last time. So if you guys are on board, it would be great if we can do like a predictions list. Um, and then we just um, talk about what we expect. Uh, we probably have to put some more <laughs> we should probably change strategy and that applies to all three of us because we get pretty bad points overall mm-hmm. so we should probably try to think of us a different strategy on how to actually get more points in this but so i think in general um what i would probably want to change is the speculation round to to award more points and maybe to intermix it with a regular round so we have like one round being something that we're that we think will happen no matter what, if it was mentioned anywhere else before. And then the next one being something that we haven't heard, but something that we're kind of uh, into the blue uh, um, predicting or think would be nice to have something that, that hasn't been rumored just to kind of have it a bit more uh, uh, built into, into kind of the, the point system rather than having kind of as a, as a add-on in the end that awards almost no points, despite it now actually uh, winning Marlin the, the last round. Do, do, do. <laughs> um, 
but I think it would be nice to to not. I mean, it's it's fun to to have uh, put things into those predictions and then winning. But I think it's also fun to have a bit more speculation and arguing for why we think something that no one else has mentioned before is totally making sense and worth eight points. Yeah, because realistically, this is going to be an iPad event, and there's so many things that have leaked around the iPad. I think they spoke very extensively to this in an episode of Upgrade earlier about the exact things that have been leaked. Uh, so we're not going to get into it in detail, and I think the people recording Upgrade are a bit more excited about iPads in general. So uh, that said, means that we're probably going to have a lot of things that we're quite certain about. So it would be m- nice if we do put more focus on the prediction, uh, on the on the more like wild prediction round, the one where things should not have been leaked. But I think realistically, most of our predictions will probably be around Max because we all care a lot more about that than. So it's more like a wishful prediction, I guess. I think that's what we all did last time. Mm-hmm. So no one will get points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think if um if the event is announced in the next week or so, that will be our next episode. Yeah. If it's not announced, well, we have no content and we're in trouble. I have been wanting to talk about trains for a while, so I think I got this covered. Cool. All right. Yeah, we do have that that ever-growing list of topics that aren't tech-related to talk about. And, I mean, I can always... Trades are (laughs) tech-related, And I can always find another cloud provider to talk about for 20 minutes. All right, we're set. We have, like, three years worth of content. (laughs) You think that was 20 minutes? So this, is this, by the way, is a warning at Apple. Please announce the event. Otherwise, uh, you might get another episode of talking about cloud storage. (laughs) I think this will be published after they announce the event. I just have a feeling. But anyway... Just in case, just in case, if they realize, oh, damn it, didn't announce on Tuesday, just announce on Wednesday, we want to hold it uh, against them. Just make sure we get a Mac event or just release them as a press release. I don't I don't mind. Yeah. That would be fine too. If you hit that, that post button early, I won't complain. Yep. I mean, makes, makes for a bad, not a draft episode, but makes for new Macs, which would be nice. And there's like four episodes worth of content about new Macs. So we're fine. All right. To the list. Well, oh, there's an interesting dot point here. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you read that dot point yet. I read the dot point. All right. So, I thought... I, I, I don't know if I like the list. Um, I, I mean, I, I do like lists, don't get me wrong. But I feel like we all, all three of us have um, different things that we want to be in that list. I just feel like the list is unnecessarily restrictive and doesn't represent our preferences as accurately. Um, and therefore, maybe I thought it would be time, now we started with the Hall of Fame anyway, to, to retire the list and move to something that's a bit more flexible and freeform, where it doesn't need to be an iOS app, considering that we all... We all kind of like other things too, right? We also like Macs and we like other tech products and we like probably even things that are not tech every now and then. So it would be nice to have something... Today I'm going to talk about my sweater. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> that, that was a joke, sorry. Um, I, I just, I mean, this is just a suggestion, not not a, uh, not a something I will, I will force through if no one else agrees with me. But I thought it would be nice to have something that's a bit more flexible and freeform rather than a list. Doesn't mean we can never have lists again. I think we should at some point maybe add something else in a list at some point. I do think lists are nice. 
especially audit list. However, um, for the podcast, I think it would be nice to have something that allows us to be a bit more free form and allows us uh, a bit more space to talk about things that might not just be iOS apps and putting them in an order. Yeah, I also found it to be getting harder and harder. I know that we were also talking about like potentially separating it out to different lists later, but I just think like in general, when we select those items, we select those items because we care about them. And I found it to be a bit of an unhappy situation when we had to start rating them. Like it always feels like, ah, this is good. This is also good, but for different reasons. And it's very difficult to actually rate things. So I would be quite happy with for now looking at something else because I think the part that I enjoy about this is to talk about the app itself. And I think we often brush over that because we're too focused on having to order it. And I mean, realistically, I think when all three of us look at the, the list, we're probably all not uh, fully happy with it. If if Zach sees Outcast at five and something like, uh, I don't know, a city mapper that doesn't even work for him on four, it's probably not an accurate representation for him. If I see Weatherline... The, the top rated weather app being on six i mean that just makes no sense for me so i feel like um to move to something a bit more freeform might be more appropriate what do you think zach i'm on board um what kind of thing are you thinking like a picks of the week type thing <sighs> yes but I wish you hadn't said pick of the week because this is very <laughs> unique for us only, something no one else has thought of. And we should have given it a name that we have decided that to make it sound as unique of the segment. As Choices it is. of the seven-day period. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, um, we could just call it uh, something like... <laughs> items to talk about <laughs> stuff we like uh, um i had something i forgot what i had something too but like i'm worried it was just things we like <laughs> um anyway i i think we can figure out a name but in general yes something so, something like that what do you think yep. do you think that would be a better better format for the podcast i'm on board yeah, and then it becomes a, more about the thing itself instead of where does it fit into a list, yeah. as you said and, like, before. I know it was a joke, but you could seriously talk about your favorite sweater. Like, if you found something like an interesting company that make like underwear out of um, silver or something, and you found this to be a very interesting thing to talk about... So, Mac Weldon, if you want to sponsor this podcast, contact Zach and his <laughs> uh, email address that he couldn't find online. All right. Wait, did did we all run out of money or something? <laughs> what, what happened here? Oh, man. Instead of stopping the recording, I pressed the mute button. What was that going to achieve? 